They won a Nobel Prize for humans. The rage goes on forever. The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. world Welcome to Planet Rage, the intersection of insanity and madness. Here are your hosts, Larry Blydner and Darren O'Neill. I have to say once again, thank you to John Fletcher and Jennifer Buchanan on just uh, two great parts put together. It's like putting your peanut butter in my chocolate. It just works. Fantastic. Really? That is an amazing opener. And they, they are so, so, so fabulous. Her voice is great. John's guitar work, the, the rate's all. It's all AAA great stuff. It gives us so much to live up to. I don't know. Maybe it we, does. Should, we should get a crappier <laughs> intro. We should just stop now. It's okay. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> There's the show. That's the best part. That's what you get. <laughs> but uh, it is Monday. It is the 13th of uh, September. Ooh, spooky 13. Yeah. And I used to, when we were doing the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast on Mondays, would report on what's going on in Chicago. And I think this is. Uh, Do it. <laughs> this is uh, really. For what we're going to be talking about today, relevant again, 60 shot over the weekend in Chicago, seven dead, including a 12 year old boy who got shot in the head. Oh, God. And you wonder why there is so much anger, why there are so many people that are pissed off. I think it's because partially that we are living in multiple worlds here in the United States and in the world overall whether you want to call it different things on the no agenda show they call it you know dimension a and dimension b but there is a vastly different world you live in if you're in a rural part of the country than if you're in an inner city and i think there's a lot of misunderstandings and the internet hasn't made this better which is interesting because that was always kind of heralded as the way people were going to be able to really communicate. And some people are trying to do that. Others aren't, but uh, there's a lot of stuff going on sports, yeah. the NFL. I mean, I've never well, been yeah, before you go to sports. I just want to know how does that, how does that, that number uh, uh, compare typically 60 shot, seven dead. Is that a typical weekend in shy town or yeah. In the summer, especially that's about right. So, the warmer it gets, it's usually the, the more that number goes up. If you're talking holidays, that number usually goes up. Anytime people are out having parties, doing barbecues, all that, the number seems right. to go up and wow. it's uh, a problem that the solution is not really evident depending who you talk to because there are massive amounts of disagreement at this point, whether increasing policing, increasing prosecution, increasing punishments is the right thing to do when people break the law. And oh, Darren, it's the guns, all those guns, you know, <laughs> that's guns. They, they jump up, they pull their own triggers, they aim, they fire. It's the guns. You get rid of the guns done. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I've and no one will ever pick up a bat or a knife. Only guns, only guns kill people. There are plenty of different weapons. I mean, it all depends. Everybody has their own particular favorite. I'm sure I own a few guns and none of them have ever shot anybody. I mean, I just keep waiting for them to. They will just wait. They will. Even if you got them under lock and key, they'll find a way out and they'll kill people. They're going to come in or they're going to take the guns. And uh, that's right. But it's this separation and if we go back it's something i've uh, really harped on for a long time which was the group called the weather underground back in the 50s 60s 70s <laughs> all about making people hate each other whether it was yes. the black and white the cops and non-cops the rich and poor all about taking people and separating them 
And the NFL now, and this is interesting to me because we got a clip from Bill Maher, who is a raging leftist, Mm -hmm. but he's also a guy that seems to have common sense, which is seems rare now in a lot of people on either side of the political aisle, because he's been a guy when I think it was Laura Ingraham or maybe it was Ann Coulter. One of those was getting a lot of crap that he stood up and is like, no, that's you don't ban them. You don't go after their advertisers. You show people why they're wrong. Right. You have the dialogue. And we're in the now a world where people would much rather just shut you up than listen to you. And as you pointed out in one of your recent episodes of that Larry show, which are always great. And if people aren't listening, they have to go to that Larry show.com. When you have two groups of people and they're arguing about something and one is trying to shut the other one up. That's probably the one you want to look at, right? That's the one that's lying. Always. I mean, it makes sense because otherwise you can stand out right on your argument and if somebody keeps saying, well, X, Y, and Z, you go, no, but here's the proof why you're wrong. Right. When you have to shut the other side up, then that's where the problem comes in. Yep. But Bill Maher goes after the left in this clip because they've been embarrassing him. And he talks about what's going on with the NFL and the addition of now playing this season the song that people call the black national anthem. This is Bill Maher. When people say to me sometimes like, boy, you know, you go after the left a lot these days. Why? I'm like, because you're embarrassing me. That's why I'm going after the left in a way you never did before, because you're inverting things that I I'm not going to give up on being liberal. This is what these teachers are talking about, that, that you're taking children and making them hyper aware of race in a way they wouldn't otherwise be. I mean, I, I saw last night on the football game, uh, Alicia Keys saying, lift every voice and sing, which now I hear is called the Black National Anthem. Now, maybe we should get rid of our national anthem, but I think we should have one national anthem. I think when you go down a road where you're having two different national anthems, colleges sometimes now have different graduation ceremonies for black and white, separate dorms. This is what I mean. Segregation. Yeah, and that is absolutely true. And it's not only just having different graduations for black and white. I've seen colleges that are having the LGBTQ graduation. You know, they're having the Hispanic, they're having the black, they're having the white, they're having whatever. But this concept of separating people and not Mm. calling it segregation. What the hell? Isn't that funny? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's exactly what it is. Sure. And not seeing that that's a problem i mean the concept of the united states in any country that i would guess is going to work is to have a majority of your citizens be able to interact with each other in a peaceful and uh you know manner that isn't going to start world war three that they could be civil to each other and we seem to be pulling back from that we seem to yeah, be taking well, people out of that. I mean, you've said that. I mean, it's a, it's a deliberate Marxist play that they're doing. And uh, as, as I recall you saying in one of your shows way back, I mean, it's a fact. It used to be they just, the, the, they were separating the workers from, from management. The, the, it was a class, a class divide that they amplified uh, for their own benefit. And now they just expanded that to everything else, language, race, religion, just every, split, have everybody hate everybody. And that's what's good for them. And it seems like it's working very well, doesn't it? Yeah. Massive class warfare, which is why there's uh, a few guys doing this on YouTube. And I've been watching some of these videos recently, and I think they're interesting. Your mileage may vary on it, but there's a guy named uh, Peter Santanello who goes out into different areas of the world and goes into different neighborhoods, goes into different cultures. And basically reports on them. So you just kind of get a little glimpse into what's going on in certain areas of the world. And I ran across him recently because he did a series where he went in 
to an Amish and Mennonite community oh in Ohio. And I thought this would be really interesting to see how yep. things are going in that culture right now with COVID going on with the politics in the United States. Yeah. And it was interesting to see that they were pretty much unaware of most of what was going on in the United States. They seemed way happier not knowing what's yeah. going on God. in the I United wanna, States. I want to hang there for a while, a couple months or years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah. I mean, and it was a very strong family culture, some just yeah. really beautiful homes, very mm-hmm. well done. Even they went in, he went inside one of the most in the group that they call the Schwarzenders or something like that. I'm sure I'm butchering that, but they were the most conservative, the most old school where the homes are beautiful, but no electricity, no indoor plumbing. Yeah. And it's just a completely different world. They don't have phones. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to get a hold of somebody, you go over to their house. Right. And you talk to them face to face. And he also talked to a group that was a much more liberal group. They were more Mennonite. Uh, they call themselves the beachy Amish that they drive. They use, you know, the electricity. They have phones, but overall, they mainly put blockers on things. So a lot of them had the phones, but immediately block things like the browser. So you can't do that kind of stuff. Right. Your spouse controls your Internet access, which I found to be a very interesting concept that mm. I don't know if a lot of people could uh, could put up with that. But it was very community based that everybody knew each other. Yeah. Everybody helped each other. They talked about the fact that they don't have Obamacare, that mm. they don't have health insurance overall, but they have a church fund. And there was a woman that was a part of their church that ended up needing lung surgery. I think it was cancer or something like that, but racked up a million dollar hospital bill and the insurance through their church could only handle up to like 150,000 or something, but donations came in to pay for it. And this is how, you know, the world works that the people from the outside, man, helping man, not being at war with each other came in and took care of that, which I thought was one, a beautiful thing. But living a very simple life, when they asked the, uh, you know, the group, well, what would you recommend to people that are out there in the, the English world? Anybody that wasn't Amish was referred to as English. And one of the things was get off social media for a week. You know, I mean, that yeah. they don't do social media at all in these communities. And it was interesting because some of them are now arguing about how much they should allow the internet for the this is the group that allows of course having the electronic communications and phones and all that kind of stuff right but i thought it was a really interesting thing that they talked about these covid payments and this came up in some other videos this guy did when he went into watts in la when he went covid payments hang on a second covid payments what does that mean well that's when the government starts sending the money Oh, that. Oh, oh the, yeah. the, okay. I got those stimulus bucks. payments. Okay. I got you. All right. Yeah, that crap. Yeah. And when the Amish were talking about that, the Amish do not believe in taking money for things they did not earn. So a vast majority of the Amish people, when they got those government checks or just put into their accounts, went and donated that money because it was not money they earned. They did not want the money because it was not money that they earned. Well, in a sense, it really was, but, uh, you know, it's their money just getting brought back to them. They pay, they pay for that with their taxes. The Amish pay taxes. Yes. I would assume. Well, of so, course, because they live in the United yeah. States. They don't pay attention <laughs> yeah. to the politics, but they do have to pay yeah. the taxes. They follow those yeah. laws. And I thought it was just really interesting how everything was based around community, which was also the bottom line when this guy went into both Watts in L.A went into yeah. Brooklyn, you know, areas in LA and New York that, you know, as an average white guy, we wouldn't want to go walk around in. And he was asking people these same kind of questions, which is, you know, Hey, what do you think about what's going on in the world? And it was interesting when he would ask a couple of the guys, you know, so what do you think about the police? And they didn't want to answer, especially on camera, rightfully so. 
Right. You know, there's a lot of stuff you don't really want out there just in case you do run into a problem further on down the road. But the one guy was like, you know, it's pretty much screw the police. But he then tempered that with the ones that are corrupt, the ones that they know come down there and hassle him and his friends when they're not doing anything. And there was one of the women they talked to in that neighborhood in the Brooklyn area that said, you know, people are talking about all this stuff with the cops, defund the police, this, this, and that police reform. And she's like, I know exactly what that means. She's like, you take away the police. Things are actually going to get worse here. She's like, yes, there are bad cops, but they're punishing all cops for what a small group have done. And I mean, Hey, if the average person on the street in Brooklyn can see this, how come our politicians can't? And, you know, I guess it's probably because we're putting the wrong politicians into office. Yeah. And people are mad and rightfully so. And you had a clip and I actually uh, I pivoted on this woman's clip because you sent me the clip that she did that her patience was wearing thin. <laughs> I love this chick. And I, and I looked her up <laughs> and her name's Megan McGlover and her most recent TikTok is yeah. actually will lead us into your mighty plantain clip because it kind of talks about parenting oh, and how cool. you have to deal with people. And it's interesting because one of the questions this, uh, this YouTuber, Peter Santinello asked one of these guys that lives in the hood was, you know, so what is really driving this? Because things had calmed down for a while in the 90s and he's like well what's driving this and the guy said it's social media of course and it's like it's amazing that you you don't even think about that that the guys that are trying to show off what they've got you know whether it's drugs money doesn't matter Mm -hmm. they're going to social media and that's how a lot of this stuff is starting now so gang warfare has gone onto instagram yeah (laughs) <laughs> which is really crazy when you think about it. It is. And this woman has a great take on things. She is definitely the younger, blacker, better looking version and female of you, I think. Really? <laughs> I think so. Well, here, this is a clip. <laughs> well, you tell me what you think. Okay. You know, I don't know why. Uh... The spirit of living God keeps giving me these things to tell y'all, but, you know, I have to do what I am supposed to do. Um, So, you know, I I see a lot of of comments, uh, not just on my page, uh, mostly on other people's pages, actually. But when an authoritative person speaks to you about something, you know, pertaining to facts or something like that, you get a lot of people that say, well, why do you have to yell? Well, you know, if you want to get people to join you, you should be less condescending and you should be, you know, this and the other, have more sympathy, more empathy, so forth and so on. And so I just want to say this to you, that everything shouldn't trigger you, sweetheart. You know, it is your lack of emotional maturity that causes every single thing that somebody tells you. It triggers, you know, when your mom uh, uh, used to spank you or when your dad used to spank you or, or, or that, that one time that teacher, that mean teacher, she yelled at you and so forth and so on. And so you're being triggered by every conversation that someone has. And as soon as you start, you know, it starts to touch a nerve that's connected to something that you have not taken care of by getting therapy, then you want to say that the other person is yelling at you. No, that's not necessarily what's happening. What you need to understand is that we are now at war and we don't have the time to sit down with you like we did before and try to play pancake with your ass to tell you, listen, this is what's happening. When a child is crossing the street and a truck is coming, do I say, oh, come here, baby. Hold on. There's a truck. Come to me. No, I say, get your ass out the street right now. And if I'm close enough to you, I'm going to snatch your ass. That's what's happening. Nobody gives a shit 
about your emotional immaturity anymore. If you can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get on board with this shit, Paul, then I don't know what else to tell you. You will be left behind. No one has the time for your triggers and shit. My strong suggestion to you is that you go get some therapy about what your mama did and your daddy and your teacher and this and your pastor and this and the other when you were a child and you can't get over this shit because now we don't have time. So what do you think? I think if I was single, I'd be trying to get her digits. That's what I think. Yeah. yeah. I like her. I love cool. the videos or, you know, or the audio. You don't really need the video for this, but I like the right. TikToks, those kind yeah. of social media videos that start, you know, kind of just talking normally. And then it's mm-hmm. building like whatever you're talking about. It's like you can tell they're getting angry as they're talking about it. Oh, yeah, sure. And then yeah. it comes down. And um, she's got other videos, of course, about not wanting to uh, to be jabbed and people having their freedom and understanding what's going on around all that. And uh, she has a podcast, unfortunately, doesn't appear to be many listeners. And I I haven't checked it out yet to know if if there's an audio quality issue or something like that, because when you're doing the TikTok videos and stuff, that kind of stuff doesn't matter. But people could look her up. Her name is Megan McGlover. And you can find her on TikTok. You can find her on Twitter. She has a podcast. It's called uh, Straight Talk or something uh, like that. Plain Talk, maybe with Megan McGlover. And I find You're it to amazing. Be interesting. I just got, somebody sent me a clip of her, which I guess you're maybe going to play that one as well. And I had no idea that she was this persona. I should have but leave it to you to figure that out. I thought, wow, this she's, she's, he was very interesting. Yeah, I'm like, where does this come from? And there are just where does this come from? And yeah. there are things that go viral and it's it's that world too it's interesting because the guys that were on this video with the youtuber and of course this is the guy that invite you know somebody that this guy knew invited him down because you really you do need an invite if you're going to go into these neighborhoods and sure not get killed and the people that invited him in the guy that was have you know walking him around in through all of these projects and that was doing music and he had some good hip-hop music on his YouTube channel. And it's amazing how many people that he was talking to were involved in music, which is great now. I mean, one, it's really hard to make money doing it. It's kind of like podcasting, right? But you have the ability now with just a very small amount of resources to be able to make music, to be able to make videos for that music and put that online without having an agent, without having a record label. Right. Which is the one good thing the Internet's doing. It's taking down some of those walls, but it's creating other problems at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, what the end result is that I'm not really sure a lot of the time, because it seems to me that uh, understanding is the basis of all of this stuff. And if if people want to get a glimpse into what's going on you know, with the Hamish community or with the inner city. And this guy's gone in with, you know, the Hasidic Jewish community and really takes a look. If you, you know, everybody always says, if you want to understand somebody, take a walk in their shoes. This is a nice, safe, virtual way to do it. Cause that's what this guy is trying to do. Mm-hmm. That's the whole concept of his YouTube channel. And he's got, I think about three quarters of a million subscribers, wow. which is pretty good. Yeah. And it's interesting to see the different hustles that are going on. That was a big part of what's going on in New York and L.A. are these younger guys that are trying to do music or they're trying to create T-shirts with different you know drawings that they're doing. Mm. And everybody's looking for a way to better themselves. And it's, I mean, one, you never know. If somebody is on camera is not being the person that they normally are, but straight on down the line, it was put positive things out there, you know, put love out there. Not this is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a war zone that they're living in. When you take a look at what's going on in some of these areas Mm -hmm. and there's no way to really easily get out of that, but it's very interesting to see that whether it's these guys that we're doing you know we think of here out in the suburbs if you want to go get some barbecue 
you go to the restaurant, you go to the barbecue place. Down on these in Brooklyn, there's just guys that are out on the streets, literally with a couple smokers and grills, cooking the stuff up and selling it. I mean, I'm sure oh, they're. Come to LA, it's all over the place here. <laughs> and well, I'm not talking food trucks. I'm talking people just set up 55 gallon oil drums with uh, a grill over them and some charcoal. And, you know, it's, it's like everywhere, really. <laughs> really. It's a bizarre concept, but I'm sure yeah. it's some good food. I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You know, it's but it's like, it's common. the hustle. It's doing stuff to, you know, to try to get out of the particular neighborhoods. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just interesting to take a look inside what's going on. But I thought it was interesting because she mentioned and it sounded to me like the last time I talked to you when you were talking about having your daughter in a parking lot and the car is coming by and you grabbed her and people are looking at you like an asshole. I'm like, oh, that's exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Do I do I do I remain do do I remain composed and and unphysical and watch my kid get squashed by a vehicle? Do I, do I snatch her up in my arms while she's screaming and having a tantrum and look like a bad daddy? I don't give a fuck. I'm doing what I'm going to do. <laughs> right. So got to yeah. do what you need to do to make exactly. sure your child is safe. Yeah. But unfortunately, as your buddy, the mighty plantain talks about in this clip. Uh, yes. There are some parents who take a less active role with their child. And I think we've all experienced something like this but let the clip play first here go through the checkout aisle fucking nightmare parents learn how to control your goddamn kids this obnoxious little brat is just all over the place and mom of course no no don't go there no 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 you can't go behind the counter and the cashier has actually got a it's looking for a pair of fucking scissors to open up the shitty toy that the mom is buying the kid right then and there, and the kid's just trying to follow her. No, oh, no, no, you can't go behind the counter. She'll get in trouble. Back into the stock room off to the side. No, no, honey, you can't go in there. Fucking firm up your voice, bitch, or better yet, walk over there, grab the fucking kid, haul him back to where you want him to stand, and make him stand there. Jesus fucking Christ, people. Parent your kids. So anyway, they, they finally, after about five or six minutes of this, it might have been shorter, might have been longer, but it felt like a fucking eternity and probably at least five minutes of standing there just waiting and wanting to yell at the kid myself. But you know what? In today, this day and age, I'd be the asshole for saying, listen to your damn mother and stand next to her. You know, it, that would get me in trouble these days. Because it's not my job to parent my, somebody else's kid. And how dare you talk to my child like that? Well, somebody needs to, lady. Yeah, but he's right. It wouldn't get you in right. trouble. It might get you shot or stabbed. Or jailed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a very tough thing because there, there are people who are, you know, the, the protected class. And, you know, moms are. Dads, not so much. I, I recall an incident some time ago. I was on, on a business trip and i don't remember it was either dallas or phoenix and uh a meeting i had was uh was was blown off and i had a couple hours to kill and i look around and i'm right near a theater and it was a pretty good flick i don't remember the movie what the movie was uh but i said ah, i never do this i'll i'll take in a matinee and then go to my whatever next next appointment and so i'm in this theater it's, there's only you know maybe a dozen people in the whole whole thing and there's this kid who's about uh, let's call him maybe five to seven years old, somewhere in there. And he is just a complete asshole. He's running up and down the aisles. He's kicking empty popcorn things around. You know, he's just completely distracting and ruining it for everything, for everyone, the, uh, the, the experience of this movie. Then, <laughs> then he, he takes it up a notch, right? And he runs between the aisles. And smacks the back of everyone's head. He's watching the thing like, like, like a fucking three stooges routine. That's exactly what it was like. Right. Nice. And he, yeah. And he clips this dude. Right. I was like two aisles away and this guy jumps up and goes, who the fuck's kid is that? Right. And then daddy stands up. Right. And he goes, 
that's my son. And don't you speak about him with those words. Come here, Jason or Tristan, whatever the fuck his name was. Right. And this, this, this other dude was just rip shit furious. And he says, I'll fucking say whatever. He says, get your fucking kid under control. And the guy again says, I don't want you using that language in front of my kid. And then the guy says, don't worry about the language, pal. How's it going to be when your son watches me beat the shit out of you right here? That's that's what happened next. <laughs> See, now this is the reason okay. why we have safe spaces now. OK, OK. And then then Jason or Tristan and his daddy just hot footed the fuck out of the theater because I think the guy finally realized um, my little Montessori world of Jason gets to do whatever the fuck he wants, wherever he wants. And, and people are going to be down with that. It was gone. There were no cops. It was a closed room. Nobody looked. It didn't see anybody like was going to say, oh, everybody was just eager to see this guy get his ass kicked. Really? That's that's, you know, <laughs> now what movie? You know, I want to I want to see this guy get drubbed. Yeah, this got um, to be more that, exciting than the ends. movie. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but this is where the safe spaces came from. This is how we got down this path from bullying to we will make your speech illegal. Because That's I mean, right. nobody's really well, advocating violence, but but words are violence. Right. Words are violence. Don't forget that. <laughs> that is the problem. That now that yeah. words are violent, I mean, it comes right. down to threatening somebody, the posturing. Yeah, that's all interesting, but that's always been looked at on one side of the legal aisle, which is it's legal. You can yell at somebody, you can tell them off. And that kept a lot of people from getting violent. But now if you're going to go to jail for what you say, you may as well go to jail for something you did. Yeah. Take a swing. Yeah. And that was <laughs> that was it. And this is the violence. That was one of the questions too. the uh, YouTube guy asked to a couple of the guys in Brooklyn when they're like, well, when things go wrong, when the arguments come in or whatever, and the guy's like, well, does that get settled, you know, by fists or by guns? And they're like, what do you think? He's like, well, I'm not sure. That's why I'm asking. They're like, yeah, no guns. That's when, yeah. you, when you're down here, that's what happens. And which also explains how in a city like Chicago, 60 people get shot on a regular basis over a weekend because the violence the physical violence is allowed to run out of control. And what do the people that are in control do? They go after what you say. Right. And that makes still absolutely zero sense to me. Yeah. And this concept of parents wanting to be friends with their children. I don't know exactly where this started. Oh, but it's it's <laughs> bad. And hey, before we get too off, I just want to say that thank thank the mighty plantain for that wonderful clip. Yes, he's and got a he YouTube had, channel. He had everybody should check out. It's like, why aren't you famous? Mighty plantain. The guy <laughs> has been doing this. He does booze reviews, not just well, he does everything. If it's got, you know, alcohol in it, I think he even does soft drinks, too. He's a drink freak. And uh, he's he's got this wonderful dry sense of humor. Uh, no bells, no whistles, very uh, bare bones production. But he's got he pulls it off really, really well. So I always say I don't you know, I don't drink anything unless I see the Mighty Plantains review of it first. Uh, so he basically his motto, I think, is I drink the swill so you don't have to. <laughs> it's just great. So Mighty Plantain YouTube, YouTube, rather. Check it out. There, there is a lot of good content on YouTube. There is. And so much of it is undiscovered, and that's just criminal. And then you get these idiots who have the massive followings, and uh, who, who can explain that? No one. It's all about the algos. You say the right things, and then they'll uh, they'll send yeah. you to the top. And yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, there, there's no question that you shouldn't be building, as our buddy Bandrew keeps pointing out on his show. Bandrew uh, says, "Well, that's the Bandrew says segment it is the uh, what's." Uh, What's his, the name of the podcast? Just Bandrew. Spe I don't know. It's Bandrew something or other. Yeah. The main podcast that he does. <laughs> and he's like, don't build your whole career on a platform. And a lot of these guys do that on YouTube right. and, because they don't have a place to send people. And if you're on YouTube at all, you really should have your own website. You should have mm -hmm. a place to be sending people. So in case you disappear from YouTube, yes, they know where to find you. It's great to use youtube and it's great to use twitter and anything you can while you can yes but understand that there's a really strong possibility if you say something wrong that your whole account will disappear sure and that will take you down to uh 
to zero. So you need a way mm-hmm. for people to find you yeah. when that happens. You have a little bit more control over what you're doing, and which is one of the reasons why we do this show on the value for value model, which is something we learned from the podfather, Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak over at the No Agenda show, which is we put these shows out there. If you got some value out of them, we make it easy for you to find us. We're at planetrage.show, and there's a donate button there, and we're going to be adding more options. We have a P.O. box address as well, but we will be adding the crypto and all that to make it easy for people to give back to the show. We do have two people to thank today, which is now is the better. What better time than that now to do that? None better. Coming in at 3333, which is (laughs) the magic no agenda number, which is also the beauty of the value for value model is that you get to play with numerology. You get to find a number (laughs) that means something to you over on the uh, grumpy old Ben show that I've been doing with Gene Neftuliev and Ryan Bemrose. There's a guy that's sending in 33 cent checks per day. So (laughs) this is the beauty of going through your bank. They pay for the check. They pay for the envelope. You don't have to do any of that, but sir, down of heart, we appreciate the 3333 and then coming in, although it's, it's been going down since we, uh, since we started the show coming in with 10 Cardano is our buddy bacon, dude, who is a good guy. He's been really happy with the latest grumpy old Ben's episodes. He's been digging the planet rage episodes and he came in with 10 ADA, which at the time is, was like 24 bucks. When we started the show, I mean, it could be down to either $10 now or 50, which is the beauty of the crypto space. It is. And well, thank uh, you. Thank it goes you. up. It goes down. And if you hold it long enough, hopefully it, it either turns to nothing or really goes up. So to me, it's kind of like Vegas. It, it is. It makes those donations even better. And I'm thinking maybe we should start pooling because we've already got a little bit of money coming in here. It's kind of cool. Maybe we need to start uh, giving away awards to people who come in with the uh, the best rant of the week or month or something like yeah. that yeah i like that we need to start giving the ragers uh, some homework but if you want to get involved in the value for value model go to planetrage.show and click that donate button get the p.o box address and we greatly appreciate it but you know there's a guy that when i was growing up i don't remember exactly when howard stern hit the airwaves but he was always the guy that was very anti-establishment. He was the sure. anti-everything. He started, well, I don't know, he, became, he became to fame, I remember very well. I was living in New York, and I, you know, he might have bummed around at some second and third rate markets. But when he hit New York, uh, he was on WNBC at the same time Don Imus was, who was considered a trailblazer and a you know, an outlier and so forth. And suddenly they, you know, they tried to make them buddies at first and they became bitter enemies. Um, and so that's, that's how Howard began. And yeah, he was definitely the anti-establishment, you know, kind of weirdo nut shock, shock. Yes. Go, shock, shock. That was, he, they kind of coined that, I guess for him. Yeah. Although I was before him and he was just I, doing I, the same I, kind of stuff. Although I uh, was great. I is cool. I spent the day with Imus and um, um, as a kid, um, and he was he was a very cool dude. I did a show about that. Yes, but, it was a know, great you know, episode of that you. Larry show because yeah. he had that attitude as well. He did, but he was he gruff. But if you broke into that a little bit, you saw that he was actually not a complete and total dick. Not at all. No, he's a very nice guy actually. Yeah. Now, now Howard, I'm not too sure about uh, yeah. if you get yeah. beyond that it's always hard to tell when anybody's yeah. a media personality including all of these folks that are doing tiktok and youtube videos and all that you never know if what you're seeing is legit or whether they're just playing a part in order to get views and get likes and make money mm-hmm. any of it's possible but yeah when it comes to a very very hot button topic right now when it comes to the vaccines, there's no question which side Howard is on. As far as I remember, when I went to school, you had to get a measles vaccine. You had to get a mumps vaccine. You had to get, there was a ton of them you got. You Polio. still have to. In order to go to school, you have to have certain vaccines. When are we going to stop putting up with the idiots in this country and just say, you now, it's mandatory to get vaccinated. F*** them, f- their freedom. I want my freedom to live.
It's really funny when these radio, the radio guys are the best. Like four of them died. Four of them who were like ranting on the air. They will not get vaccinated. Now, uh, really, it's like it was it's great when those radio guys die. It's like, come on, Howard. I mean, having a viewpoint is one thing (laughs) that is that's that's way beyond dickish, which is isn't it great when people die, Larry? It's awesome. I think uh, I think it's safe to assume that uh, Howard, what was his last deal with uh, Sirius? Was it 500 million? I think that was it. I think it was a half billion dollar deal. I think he's past the point of pot stirring to uh, to jack up his numbers. I think we can assume that's the real Howard. He really um, just believes, and then calling a decent percentage of your audience, I would guess, idiots is yeah. uh, is an interesting yeah. way to. Well, what yeah, what's really funny about Howard is there was I, he, after a while, um, he his show became syndicated, of course, and he just blew up, became enormous. And he had a TV show for right. a while, which was very, again, very basic, bare bones kind of thing. And I remember watching an episode. It was on late, I think, on an independent station, like Saturday nights at 1130, something like that. And he had on Tony Bennett, right? The crooner. And Tony, uh, at that stage in his career, you know, he, he had a, God, the guy's still going. He's amazing. Um, he decided he, in addition to being a, a singer, he was painting. And I think that's that's what he was doing. So he so Tony didn't realize that he was walking into a trap. And it was basically, you know, he comes out with his I, I don't recall whether they were canvases or sculptures or maybe both. And Tony's displaying his wares and just being brutally mocked by by Stern and Baba Bowie. You know, they're just they're just fucking flaming the guy. I felt bad for him. And guess what? <laughs> I look at my Twitter feed the other day and there's Howard Stern. Look at my latest painting. Hey, Howard, fuck yourself. <laughs> Howard, this is Larry. Fuck yourself. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, this is, this is the division yeah. again. This is we're, we're there going it is. straight down the line of divide. Yeah. And I don't know if it's and conquer or just divide it's, but, but I, you know, let's get, let's get Howard in the studio and, and mock his artwork. Let's resurrect Bob Ross and have him critique it. (laughs) Yeah. And there was a while that was kind of the, I mean, I get it. That was kind of what people expected at one point, which now you can't be mean to anybody at all, or you're going to jail because if you make fun of them for anything except being white or and a guy, if you make fun of somebody for anything else, their sexual orientation, their race, the way they speak, the way they dress, well, then, then you're an asshole. But that was comedy as it was kind of expected back then. But it's interesting with this vaccine because they, there was a video clip, a montage that I saw, but it didn't even need to see this because I lived it seeing everybody from Joe Biden, Anthony Fauci, Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, all of them saying, well, no, no, we, we would never mandate this. We would never make this vaccine. No, yeah. we would never do that. Never. Never didn't last that long. No, it did not last that long. And these reactions, I don't think, are necessarily unexpected from people like Howard Stern. There is a very strong divide from people on both sides that the those that there's a lot that have gotten vaccinated who are like, I can't believe any of you morons didn't get vaccinated. And on the other side of that, there's a lot of people who are anti this vaccine that don't want it that are like oh my god anybody that got it's a moron and this this fighting between those two factions is the worst possible thing because it does not help the average person at all no and i mean i thought stern made an interesting argument and i kind of want to know what your take on this one is because i thought it was an interesting argument to play devil's advocate to say well you know if you're going to say you don't want the vaccine and it's your legal right to do so unless Joe Biden mandates it. But if you're going to want to opt out, how many of the people do you think that are saying they don't want the vaccine are willing to say, and then I'll also just, I'll opt out of any medical treatment if I do get COVID, because this is one of the arguments that's now being made from people like Howard Stern. And there's other clips, but I don't know if I even want to go into them, but it was, you know, then you're gunking up the hospitals, you're filling up the ERs, you're filling up the ICUs, 
So if you don't want the vaccine, then just say, I, I'm not going to take hospital care if I get sick. Well, I think the uh, that doesn't hold water. Um, a guy I know, you know, for a number of years, he uh, he, he took the uh, Pfizer jab and uh, he, he was very felt very secure that he had done so. He's in you know, reasonably good health. And so he said, you know, I'm doing this because I'm, you know, I'm, not all, I'm not all that crazy to do it. But I want to be able to accompany my daughter. Apparently, his daughter is like a big uh, volleyball uh, athlete, you know, is on tours or whatever with their school and so forth. He said, I want to be able to go to those games. I want to be great. So he did it. <laughs> we didn't, I didn't hear from him for about a month. We tagged up and uh, he was hospitalized with double pneumonia, really fucking sick from COVID. Nice. So, so my answer to Howard is Howie baby. Um, these vaccines, you know, if you read the data, what's coming out, they're, they're not as effective as everybody said they were, are they? Israel, Massachusetts, all the celebrities with their breakthrough uh, infections, Bill Maher, Gene Simmons. I mean, it, it's, it doesn't seem to be the magic shield that they said it would be. So Howard, then maybe let's, let's turn that inside out. Okay. Maybe those who are vaccinated need to, uh, reach back and say, okay, if I wind up sick and in, in the hospital, now Pfizer has to pay my bills because they said it was going to protect me and it fucking didn't. Wouldn't be a bad idea. How about <laughs> that? Got the, got the money. Yeah, of course they're indemnified, so that's not going to happen. But you know, his, his argument is complete bullshit. Well, and he went after Rogan and people keep talking about, oh, he took horse dewormer. It's like, no, no, big <laughs> we, lie. We talked about that big on lie. our last show. With the rant from Alex Jones, which is, you know, it won a Nobel Prize. It won a Nobel Prize for humans. And that's a uh, good Alex Jones impression. That's really good, Darren. That's you impressive. Gotta, you got wow. to bring that out. You got you to practice every now and then. I'm trying to get on uh, Sir Seat Sitter's uh, show to do, do, more, do more Alex Jones clips. You know, the thing is with this shit, nobody knows. And and what's what's criminal is it, it's, it's insane to, to for these people to to shit talk and ban therapies that are that are working quite well in, in other nations in Japan and Mexico and so forth and say, no, the vax is the is the only fix. Um, how about, you know, there, why not? A, why not a suite of them? Why not? Why not take your pick? How about that? But no, it has to be just one thing. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? No, because they're not pushing things that also seem to really be effective which is taking a daily cocktail of things like quercetin with zinc, mm -hmm. vitamin D3, vitamin C, which is something I've been taking. I mean, I've got the J&J &J jab as well, so I should be triple protected. You should be. But now, that's, those things you just described, Darren, um, you know, because you're, you're more up on this than I am. Those are, if you take those, what is the, uh, the outcome? Is that, is that because, because you have those, those substances coursing through your body, if you were exposed to the virus, you will not contract it. Or if you get it, you get a lighter. What's, what's aside from the J and J vax, what are those other things you mentioned supposed to do for you? When it comes down to it, pretty much everything they're saying the vaccines do, because it is a really? prophylactic as well. Really? Wow. Which is if you're doing this, you have a lower chance. It seems, I mean, again, we need a lot more data of people studying this, but it seems to be. The same kind of a thing, which is that if you do contract it, even though you, your level of doing so is probably the percentage is less. If you do get sick, then right. it should still be one of these things where you're not going to wind up in a hospital or needing a right. ventilator because the uh, the quercetin is a pretty close equivalent to the uh, the hydroxychloroquine, hydrochloroquine, whichever it is. Uh, really? I always forget. But that's very similar. The quercetin, when taken with zinc, it opens up whatever magical stuff it needs to open up in your body and the blood cells in order for the zinc to get in. The zinc and the D3 okay. and the uh, that seems to be the main thing that has an effect for people getting severe disease, which is one of the most interesting things about this disease is nobody really knows yet why. Certain people, when they get infected, get the sniffles and some wind up dead. Thank you. Yes. But will they ever say that? No. As an old friend of mine used to say years ago, doctors, they may be wrong, 
but they're never in doubt. <laughs> just once. Don't you want to hear one of these fucking guys go, gee, I don't know. We're not sure about that. We're still try- trying to figure that out. It's never that. It's, <laughs> Listen to me. I've got, I'm the authority. I've got to shut the fuck up. You don't know everything. Yeah. And that's the doctors on TV. I have a doctor yeah. personally who will be like, you know, they don't know. Right. And God bless your doctor. He's an honest man. Yes. And when, when this all started, I sent a question in through the portal on the website that they have, you know, through our medical group to ask him a question because I was reading on this stuff when it came up and I was on a high blood pressure medication that talked about exactly how the, uh, you know, it did stuff to the cells, you know, the way the coronavirus was getting in and the immediate medical community was like, well, this medication is either going to make you safer from coronavirus or make you more susceptible to coronavirus. Yes. yes. And that was my question to him. And he was, he called me on the phone, which was really kind of interesting. And this was right when COVID started. And he's like, you know, I've got so many questions from people. He's like, but yours is the only one I'm answering personally, because it was the only rational question out of the whole bunch, yeah. which was I'm on this medication. I think there may be an interaction. What right. should I do? And people need to take more responsibility for what they're doing, take more responsibility for their health. And I know when the pandemic started, people went one way or the other, which is either they gained 50 pounds or they dropped 50 pounds. Right. And fortunately for me, I was more on the other side of that because my wife and I reading up on this were like, well, being overweight is not good when it comes to COVID or any disease when it comes to that matter. And a big part of seemingly being protected against this stuff is to be in better health, yes. to eat better things. But nobody ever talks about diet either. Nobody ever never, talks about that. Never, 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 never. No. It's only and uh, let's push a drug. And I get it because yep. the drug companies are the ones making the money. They're the ones pushing it. And nobody's getting rich if you go out and buy corsetin and vitamin D3 and vitamin C and zinc, nobody's getting rich. And yeah. there's talk that there's uh, what's it? Merck. One of these is coming out yes. with a drug. That's going to be a combination of zinc and, you know, hydroxy or something that yeah. what was it? Adam and the junk of Merck Vectin or something. Yeah. There's always, you know, it's going to be something. It's not going to yeah. be good, but it's, uh, it's going to be around. For the long term, it seems this is not something that we're going to see like they did with the uh, what was it the the, the swine flu. There were a swine few of these flu, that came out. Ebola, sure, a bunch of them. Yeah, they never really MERS. took. Right, they never really took a strong hold. It's like we're way yeah. beyond that with this one. Way beyond. Way, 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 way. Yeah, and there have to be more solutions than just oh well, everybody's going to be forced into this. Mainly from the solution of. Anybody that's got kids also knows when you give them the, you have to do this. What do they try to do? They try to not do it. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's told that they have to do something. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there are people that are out there that might have been, you know, oh, I'm going to go get the vaccine tomorrow. You know what? I think it's, it's probably the right thing to go do that. And then Joe Biden comes on the TV with, you must get the vaccine. And they're like, no, no, wait, fuck that guy. I'm not going now. Fuck that guy. You know, I got think of he's how many guys 46 uh, have sat in that office, have farted through the, the, the chair in the awful Oval Office. <laughs> this guy, I don't think any, any president in history has ever made the kind of statements that he has. Our patience is wearing thin. Really, really, Joey. I mean, holy shit. The guy, he actually, and if you look back, even when, you know, even though he was campaigning in his basement, the guy thinks he is a gangster. He thinks yes. he's a tough guy. He actually thinks he's a fucking tough guy and he's a pussy. If you recall him, you know, having an argument with a hard hat, he tells you, you're full of shit. Really? You're full of shit. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. He thinks he is a gangster. It's incredible. Well, yeah. And the mainstream media who hated Trump for his rough edges goes, yeah. oh, Joe's great. Joe's great. Joey. <laughs> but you did have a clip and we should let's play this one because this is from yeah. the mother of a Marine who does not think oh. Joe Biden is great. Hey, my son was one of the Marines that died yesterday. 
I go listen to that. Sorry, I'm on the radio. No, 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 no. Um, go, go My ahead. son uh, was one of the Marines that died yesterday. 20 years and six months old, getting ready to come home from freaking Jordan to be with his wife to watch the birth of his son. And that feckless, dementia-ridden piece of crap just sent my son to die. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning to Marines at my door telling me my son was dead. So to have her on right before me and listen to that piece of crap talk about diplomatic crap with freaking Taliban terrorists who just freaking blew up my son and know nothing to not say anything about, oh my God, I'm so sorry for the families. So my son is gone, and I just want all you Democrats who cheated in the election or who voted for him legitimately, you just killed my son. With a dementia-ridden piece of crap who doesn't even know he's in the White House, he still thinks he's a senator. So I'm going to try and calm down. I'm sorry. No, you – look, I, 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 take, I, I take this call with – do trust here i don't i would hope nobody would call up and say and that uh i left that little bit at the end because listening to that audio yeah that was my first question and this is something that i think we're all dealing with with the internet and this kind of stuff and all of the fake news was was this actually one of the moms so i did the research and yes it was but I think it's interesting the way we process information because you're hearing this and you don't know if it's legitimate or not, because there are people that will call in. We go back to the Howard Stern, Baba Booey bullshit from the eighties. Yeah. But only an idiot like Peter Jennings bought into the Baba Booey thing with the the OJ thing. A lot of them did. A lot of them did. You know, that woman, she would have to be, you know, multiple Academy Award winning caliber actress to pull that off. I mean, that was so obviously genuine. And what what that what that brings to mind hearing her is something, you know, there's a a phrase that's rankled me my entire life that you hear from the political pundits who are chooches. And that phrase is, you must respect the office. Really? I don't think so. She didn't. And now you've got entire stadiums full of guys chanting, fuck Joe Biden. That ship has sailed. Right. Finally, finally, some people in America are waking up to the fact that these are highly flawed. In fact, most most politicians, the overwhelming lot of them from either party are awful fucking people. They are people who are devoid of talent. They are people who've got where they got by kissing ass and sucking dick and offer nothing but ambition and a quest for power. And finally, like this poor woman, and I feel very sorry for her, they're calling these assholes what they are, feckless, stupid cretins. And that's a good thing. Well, yes, because the civility is gone. It's gone. From both sides. I mean, do you really think that... uh, You know, people like Donald Trump were treated fairly. Do you think people George Bush was treated fairly? Do you think uh, Obama was treated very fairly because if you said anything wrong about him. Right. By the media. You were a racist because that was the only reason you could ever disagree with Barack Obama was if if you were a racist. Yeah. I mean, look at the the, the no agenda show we just heard. uh, And it was a a, marvelous recap of of 9-11 and all the chicanery of government and so forth. And you don't have to be. Uh, you know, a psychic to look back and realize that all of that, all of that really can be laid at the feet of shitty politicians. Yes. Bubba Clinton had a clear shot at bin Laden and he pussied out and didn't take it. If they, if they rubbed him out, probably never would have happened. And then W chimp face W Bush, he was into nation building. And I recall watching that, that, PowerPoint presentation with Colin Powell, which is the most bogus. It was like Fisher Price. It was laughably stupid and fake about weapons of mass destruction. It was so funny, so idiotic to watch. It was so clearly invented out of whole cloth, right? He got us into that quagmire there. 
I mean, all this shit is directly laid at the feet of shitty politicians. Yes. Who are well, either more interested in their own power, which is yeah. I mean, the president's usually not so much because their terms are very limited, you know, and once they've done that, I mean, Obama, what does he need now? You know, I mean, you're, you're set for life. Sure. But the people like Pelosi's and Schumer's that last in office for decades yep. that there, there's no question about it. It's nice to believe in the concept of civility, which is everybody can have that discussion, that argument with the person on the other side. But that is long gone. And I don't think it's ever coming back. No. And that's that's unfortunate because that is a huge loss for everybody, which is why I mean, podcasts, I think, are doing a great thing. Podcasts that will reach out and talk to people that don't necessarily believe the same thing as they do, because it's very easy to get into the echo chamber kind of a a concept as well and not listen to the other side. And it would be nice if we could have a civil discourse on a lot of this stuff. But a lot of that is just gone out the window. And with the case of that Marine mom, I fully get it because you are so upset about what just happened. and. Almost everybody can see that the way the getting out of Afghanistan went down, that this whole thing was bungled from the very top. And that's Joe, because he's the commander in chief. I don't know. He might be sitting in his basement with a bunch of little army guys going, choo, 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 choo. And that might be what he thinks is going on. (laughs) Sad, but true. Mm. And uh, I don't think anybody. I don't care what your politics are. I think most people wanted a vast majority of the soldiers out of Afghanistan, the American soldiers gone. Sure. But you understand what was going to happen if you made a rapid exodus. And I think we talked about this on the last show that Trump warned these guys in the Taliban. That's like, yeah, if this happens, once we pull out, I'm coming for you and your family. Yep. Well, Joe Biden doesn't have that ability. so. It is it is the Wild West all over again. I don't know. Why wouldn't Joey have that ability? He doesn't have the you mean right. He just doesn't have well, he has the ability, but yeah. cognitively he doesn't have the ability. Yeah. Well, Joey, I mean, the, the problem is look look at the what's was running the nation. I mean, this guy, this guy is a career politician. He has done nothing in his life but collect government checks. Nothing. Okay. The, 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 you'd be hard put to find an underachiever like that, even going through the prison system. The guy's never made a legit buck in his life. And now it appears that the military, all branches are not run by combat veterans. Okay. And let me, let me qualify that a little bit. I'm talking guys that are on the front lines, dodging bullets, not somebody that's 40 miles behind it. Right. Uh, talking into a phone. Okay. Which most of these assholes are. T- the, the military is run by by uniformed politicians. So, gee whiz, what a surprise that this K- Kabul fiasco occurred. How could it have gone any other way with cretins like that calling the shots? It had to go that way. Yeah, it makes sense. And this is all either it's just all a setup for something else. Because, I mean, are they that <laughs> completely uncapable of doing the job did they not know what was going to happen or is this just a setup for the next domino to fall because now china is going into bagram air force base it seems and they're taking Mm -hmm. over where the united states left off and when you want to talk about owning a little piece of land in the middle east who would you rather have own it the united (laughs) states i think they I think they are that stupid. I mean, come on. It's, it's like suddenly I mean, Joey and Blinken, they're talking about, well, we hope that, that the Taliban will will uh, be more inclusive and uh, give women a, a, a bigger voice in government. I mean, that, are, that are their minds. I mean, these, these guys are in a fantasy world. <laughs> it's, it's incredible that they are. And 9-11 was this past weekend. Joe Biden made no live comments, although he went to what? Three of the sites, but made no live comments. They were all taped. Why? When George Bush spoke, when Kamala Harris spoke, why Joe Biden not speaking? Why? This is not even funny at this point. No. 
He's not taking questions from reporters. They don't want him to speak live. The guy is obviously battling something, and it's not good. It's not good. But we've got a few other clips, but we are running low on time. So we we should probably save them for the next episode. Okay. I'm good with that. Because these aren't dated materials, and there's (laughs) plenty of good stuff. And we want to leave everybody wanting more. Yes. And the rage is, we, we're, I think we're learning. The rage is never ending. Yeah. The rage goes on forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. See, that's a song too. We need the rage goes on forever. <laughs> Sounds like something Fletcher can do. Yeah. I mean, in the meantime, if people want more, they can always go over to that Larry show.com or randomthoughts.com and they can hear us ranting just, well, without the other <laughs> person to, uh, <laughs> solo rants yes and that's fine those are all good uh anything fun coming up on that larry show this week or uh is it uh is yeah you know i'm gonna do this show is going to be devoted to something that uh took me a long time to learn i've still not fully learned the lesson but it's the uh the art of saying no that's what it's going to be about so the yeah. art of saying no i mean to saying no to who to, to anybody well, to, to, to anybody, I mean, if you think if you if you sort of uh, you know comb back through the uh, you know, the slideshow of your life, the, the the crossroads, the turns, and so forth, I know that I when I when I look back, um, frequently I think shit that was a that was a bad move because I didn't say no to somebody about something. So that's that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the impetus for it. Well, check that out that LarryShow.com, and we will be back once again next week for more of planet rage later everybody the u.s strikes back killing a member of the islamic state <laughs>